Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. When the United States entered into World War II in 1941, people of all backgrounds and demographics enlisted and went to fight overseas. In fact, others would end up joining these same ranks and traveling to far-off places to assist in the war effort as well. And not all were people. Included in this group was a four-pound Yorkshire Terrier who was discovered in New Guinea near an American military base in 1944. Smokey had been found alone in a foxhole was originally brought back to base by a soldier who was more than happy to put her up as collateral in order to get into a nighttime poker game at the time. William A. Wynn offered to buy Smokey for two pounds Australian, the equivalent to $6.44. After that, the two were inseparable. Smokey was officially adopted by Wynn, an army photographer doing reconnaissance and embedded with a unit in the U.S. 5th Air Force near the front lines. Wynn and Smokey, as it would turn out, had much more in common with one another than just fighting the Axis powers in the Pacific Theater. Bill Wynn had spent two years in an orphanage growing up and knew all too well the sense of loneliness and despair that Smokey must have felt prior to her discovery. When he adopted Smokey, he began training her during his off time and staved off what would have been countless hours alone. In addition... Bill did all of his fellow servicemen a favor and made Smokey available to anyone who needed her during especially stressful or anxious time periods. Smokey's role at the Army base expanded well beyond that of a comfort companion or therapy dog. In fact, the most commonly recounted stories of Smokey usually involved her war work. The photo reconnaissance unit, of which Bill Wynn was a part, was moved forward and positioned on the island of Luzon in the northernmost part of the Philippines. At this point in history, spy planes equipped only with pilot and camera had to fly close to enemy lines, collect their pictures, and then return to base quickly in order to have the film developed. Revealing the positioning of enemy troops and the location of counter-artillery was crucial to saving US, U.S. lives and ultimately determining the outcome of the war. Wynn and his units moved to Luzon was part of a larger-scale operation intended to establish a permanent base in this part of the Philippine archipelago. In order for that to happen, new telegraph wire would have to be laid under the existing runway that they needed to keep open at all times. The original airfield engineers had provided a 70-foot long pipe that ran underneath the full length of the runway. The problem was, however, that the pipe joints had shifted from airplane use and dirt was beginning to threaten a cave-in. This would be devastating to the military's plan to communicate. Taking the time to dig up the existing pipe and replace or repair it would take up crucial time that Allied forces could not spare, and also put servicemen at risk by exposing them to enemy aircraft during the construction. Someone had an idea and approached Bill Wynn about it. Did he think that Smokey could crawl from one end of the pipe to the other? Being a Yorkshire Terrier, her size was ideal, and if she could perform the task, they could tie a string to her collar 
and use that string to pull through the new telegraph wire. Smokey would be the solution that would ultimately keep the plan alive and preserve the U.S. mission in the Philippines. Bill Wynn had one question when presented with the idea. Can you see daylight all the way through the culvert? The answer he received was yes, but that in some places dirt had nearly filled in the better portion of the pipe. Wynn agreed, but knew that he would have to also be part of the operation and that making Smokey as comfortable as possible with the terrain was crucial to the plan succeeding. He and Smokey went out to familiarize her with the smell and feel of the land. When he knew she was ready, Wynn tied a string to her collar and left her with one of the military technicians. Wynn relocated to the other end of the pipe to try and coax her through. He would later write that her first few steps were exploratory and that Smokey would run in about 10 feet and then quickly retreat. But I stayed on the other side and said sharply, come Smokey, Wynn recounted. She reapproached the pipe and began to scamper and then crawl through the tighter sections. Wynn wrote, At last, about 20 feet away, I saw two amber eyes and heard a faint whimpering sound. At 15 feet, she broke into a run. We were so happy at Smokey's success that we all patted and praised her for a full five minutes. The small dog, beloved by Wynn and his fellow servicemen, had succeeded in keeping the airfield open and saving the unit from additional danger. From the beginning of their time together, Wynn would work with Smokey on a variety of different tricks. These would range in complexity from simply playing dead to walking a tightrope blindfolded. The men in Wynn's company even built her a scooter that she was known to ride around the barracks on. At first, Smokey was a performer purely for the entertainment and enjoyment of Wynn's unit. When her reputation exceeded his post, Wynn and Smokey were soon asked to visit other military bases, and specifically hospitals and the wounded soldiers that they housed. Everywhere they went, Wynn and Smokey brought smiles and lifted the spirit of those they met. The war's conclusion in 1945 saw Bill Wynn and his terrier companion return home to Cleveland, Ohio, where Wynn married his high school sweetheart. Wynn suggested they honeymoon in Hollywood, California, where he could gauge the interest of getting Smokey in a possible movie or television series. Wynn would even go as far as to taking a part-time job working with famed dog trainer Ronnie Renfro. Overnight, he was on the set with the iconic Hollywood dog handlers of the day, Rudd Weatherwax and Lassie, the young Frank Inn and his dog, Benji. Sadly for Wynn and his newlywed, no roles came along that were right for a four-pound Yorkshire Terrier. Wynn's wife was patient, but was also pregnant and wanted to return to Cleveland to have start their family, where her mother was close by. This made Bill's decision an easy one, and the couple returned home where Wynn began applying for jobs, eventually taking one as a flight photographer with the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, or NACA, which would eventually transform into NASA. The Wynn's house would go on to have nine children. Bill would supplement his income by performing with Smokey on the weekends at hospitals, birthday parties, and city events. By the early 1950s, Smokey remained energetic and vibrant. But by 1957, her performing days behind her, she retired with the winds and spent the majority of her days relaxing and sleeping. Smokey passed away quietly in the fall of 1957, probably at the age of 14. In his memoir entitled Yorkie Doodle Dandy, 
William A. Wynn closed with the following dedication to his small companion, quote, One wonders, could this have been an angel in a foxhole, a buddy sent to teach me how to share her comical antics in a bigger task? That task being the sharing of her with others in a time when joy was scarce. Sometimes under stress, it only takes a delightful moment of diversion to steer away from mental disaster. Several monuments were erected in honor of Smokey and her lifelong devotion to our military, our troops, and to bringing smiles and laughter to the faces of those that watched her perform, including a very prominent statue in Cleveland, Ohio, where Smokey is portrayed sitting in a military helmet. This was not just a cute pose that Wynne discovered, but rather it was a practical one. Because of Smokey's hair and the jungle climate of the Philippine Islands, Wynne found that he needed to bathe her regularly to keep her pest free. How best to bathe a four-pound terrier during wartime? In a helmet, of course. This has been a missing chapter short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast providers.